Good morning, church. Man, so good to be here this morning. Man, music's good. I love Christmas songs. There's going to be one after service, and uh, so stay tuned. I'm a Christmas carol junkie. You know that, and uh, I don't know if you caught that, but we are pushing 10 grand on Raise the Roof, uh, so pretty cool, pretty cool. So uh, as I watch drips come through the one over the carport, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're due. So, uh, so uh, keep, keep that going. Really appreciate it. So uh, Christmas, I've got teenagers. Who has teenagers that they are... Um, trying to rob a bank uh, so that you can buy their list. So teenagers like get more expensive, and I was one, and I can remember that I used Christmas to build my stereo system. And so my parents had it easy on one aspect that I would only ask for one thing. And, uh, and so, but the, the negative to that is there was, I kind of knew what was coming. And so uh, I can remember just, you know, wanting these different pieces, and I've shared part of this before, but I can remember the Christmas of getting my Pioneer CD player, and, uh, and I think I've shared this before, that, that my first CD was MC Hammer, and, uh, and so I've, I've come a long way, and, uh, and uh, the second, the next Christmas, I got my Fisher-branded um, receiver, and so, and then I'd saved up money also through that year, and then I'd bought a set of uh, Bose uh, speakers, and so my little bedroom had a stereo system that could pretty much run a house, and I loved that crazy thing, and, and I can remember just looking forward to getting a gift that would basically mean something to me, and that I would keep using, and so that was, there's, there's, it's kind of annoying when you're, you're trying to find something meaningful to somebody and it just ends up being set aside, which reminds me of a Seinfeld. And so here's your, here's your monthly Seinfeld reference. So Jerry and Elaine, two main characters, he says that he, Jerry says, I just got a label maker as a gift. And Elaine says, well, it's just, it's just like the one I just gave a friend. I just gave a friend that. And then they realize that it's the same friend. And then they proceed to try to figure out if it was like an homage gift, like they loved it so much that they started buying it for other people. Like, wouldn't you love to get somebody something that would be so amazing that they would just start buying it for other people? But they end up finding out that the third party re-gifted. Who has re-gifted if you've re-gifted the gift that the person next to you gave you, don't raise your hand, but I have re-gifted before, and so I don't want to give somebody something that's just like, just what I always wanted, and, and, eh. and so, okay, another reference. I've already watched Christmas Vacation three times in the last few weeks. Is anybody at least once so far? Okay, God bless you. You can still attend this church. Good. So we watch it when we set up the tree. It's just my poor kids. And, uh, and so in this, Cousin Eddie, he is so excited that Clark has received a Jelly of the Month Club subscription when he would rather have the giant Christmas bonus that he's looking for. And the classic line is what? It's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> all year round. That it is. <laughs> and I can't swim. I know that, Eddie. Anyways. Don't get me started. So what are we looking for? We want to give things that people want to receive. You can tell, by the way, right? You can tell if it's the, hmm, thanks, or you can tell, oh, you know. 
And so you, you got to practice that, like, you know, like the really happy, like you got to practice that because people can tell the difference. So you want it to be something that they really want, but then you also want it to be something that stays around for a while, right? And so I can remember asking for things that, would, that I would enjoy for a while. This series, and it's like, why would you call a Christmas series give? It sounds, we're not just going to talk about raise the roof and offering. It's actually the opposite. We're, we're not talking about money really at all. But it comes from a, a scripture that we're so familiar with and when we talk about salvation and coming to the Lord, and that is John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave his only son. That whoever would believe would have everlasting life. And so God went to a lot of trouble to give the perfect gift that everybody needs and the gift that just like we just did communion, which is a reminder of our constant and our ever, our, our endless need for him. He's the, he's the perfect gift. And so God has given extravagantly to us. What can we give that lasts and make a difference. So our Christmas series is called Give. What can we give away this Christmas season that will last and make a difference in people's life? If you want to, go with me to Matthew chapter 1. And I just, I love reading the Christmas story straight from the Word because it can get lost this time of year. Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 18 to 24. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph... Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. What are the gifts we can give away this Christmas that people need and will last? Well, today we're going to start with the gift of faith. I believe that faith is why Joseph was okay with the plan. I believe it would have taken a significant amount of faith to hear what was told to him and wake up the next day I'm in. And the angel quotes, and it, the angel even says, we're, this is referencing back to a prophetic word that God gave his people almost 800 years before. And so it's in the book of Isaiah, and so I'm going to read to you from it. It says in Isaiah 7:14, it says, The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. All of Israel 
knew that a Messiah was promised over a thousand years worth of prophecies. They knew the stories. They knew the promise. And they knew that they were supposed to believe that it was really going to happen. And here in the middle of nowhere, under Roman occupation, here comes this promise. And it's not a coincidence that he was addressed as son of David. Why? Because it was promised that the Messiah would come through the lineage of David. And so the angel says, you're up. And all of a sudden, he gets told this amazing story. It's going to cost him dearly the appearance of his, of his engaged wife being pregnant. And he says, I'm in. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's tapped on him. We talked about through that with our hero series of, of being called to, to, to step up in the moment. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Faith is the most important thing that we can give the next generation. My parents, like all good parents, worked hard to give me the best life possible. But John 6, 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish. So the most important thing that my parents have transferred to me with their, like, and we're going to talk about this, we have to accept it for ourselves, but the most important thing they can present to me and the most important thing I can present to my three kids and now two grandchildren coming up. We got another boy coming, by the way. Yeehaw. Next Christmas is going to be, woo! Get ready. My parents worked like all good parents to make sure that I had what I needed, but it was always clear that they valued their faith above everything else. And we were far from perfect. We had plenty of things go wrong, but I knew what, that faith was the most important thing in our home. And guess what? That doesn't cost, it, I mean, it costs you, but we can all give that away. Jesus even teaches later in Matthew after the Christmas story that a wise man builds his house upon the rock. I'm going to share a story this morning. I was just reading it. December 4th, two years ago, so we're almost two years to the day. A pastor by the name of Vernon Shazier finishing his service at church and his cell phone begins to go crazy from the wife. Like, don't you know I'm finishing the church service? Like, I, I, I'll, I'll pick up the milk, right? Like, give me a chance. But the texts keep coming. And so he steps outside of the church service and he calls his wife and she said, our son's been hurt. Now, their son had been hurt plenty of times because he was an active linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, formerly of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Ryan Shazier. Tackling and slaughtering quarterbacks was something this guy did for fun. So, so getting hurt was something that was a normal thing. This was different. He had had a collision on the field, and he dropped and he couldn't move below his waist. 
A few minutes later goes by, and Vernon's phone rings again, and it's his son Ryan calling from the ambulance, and he says these words that he said he'll never forget. Please pray for me, Daddy. I can't feel my legs. Are you kidding me? Who'd this kid call, though? Here's a 20-something-year-old Superman. He's down for the count. Please pray for me, Daddy. I can't feel my legs. If you're not familiar with the story, they would go through a time where he couldn't move, like, like months and they were, they were sure that he could be permanently paralyzed below the waist. And the story is actually in the current Sports Illustrated magazine, which is just phenomenal. It is all about the faith of this man and this family. And Pastor Vernon says that, that he was putting on a good show for the family, but he was wrestling with his faith. We've all asked why. God, what's your plan in this? And he said that he got tired of the wrestling match. Of putting on a show to his congregation. Of being the strong one for his family. While at the same time inside, he's not sure if what he believes is really what he believes. And he said he came to a moment on his porch and said, God, I only know how to do one thing and that's to trust you. He said, I'm all in. And it wasn't long after that that he was sitting with his son in the hospital and he started to have some sensation below the waist. And it wasn't much longer after that that the other linebackers, they would have their meetings in his hospital room. And he's there and he was able to move his leg. The article says that the guys went crazy. This May, he married his girlfriend and he danced at his reception. Now, he's just back up to jogging, and I don't know if he can play at the NFL level again, but he went from a wheelchair to two crutches to one crutch to none. How do we give our faith to others? Number one is to be faithful. Faithful means a couple things. The first thing it means is just to be full of faith. Galatians 5 teaches us that this is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So in other words, it's not something you can go by. But it's a result of you walking in your faith of you walking with the Lord and so being full of faith means you have to go through experiences that cause your faith to grow ouch right so the people that are full of faith actually have some pretty amazing stories just like pastor Vernon and his family because they've been on the mat They've been in a place where you don't have anything else to hang on to, and you get to pick whether you really believe or not. 
And so going through those things and walking this life, walking this Christian journey, then it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the products of God working in your life and you growing in Him. And so as you walk this thing out called Christianity, you should become more full of faith. Fruit is the result of God at work in your life. What, is, what else does faithful mean? What means trustworthy? It means reliable, right? Well, I can't make the fruit happen. I can't go buy it. I can participate with God's plan for my life. One thing I can do, I can be reliable. That is up to me. And so I, I really see this as, as, a, as two parts of being faithful because I've known people that are full of faith, but I also know that I can't count on them for anything. These are fun people. Like, we're going to spend eternity loving Jesus, but I, I'm not going to count on you in this, on this side. Right? Is that too honest? But it's two rails that, that, that need to, if you want to transfer faith to somebody else, and it takes both, because if you're not sharing like the fruit of the Spirit faith, if you're just reliable, then you're just a good person. You're just a solid guy that people can count on, and, and I think that's admirable, and that's going to get you pretty far, but all you're going to do is teach good habits to the people in your life. It's good to show up at work on time, you know, crazy concept and things like that, ready to work, you know. But if that's all you give people, then you're just giving people a good work ethic. And then if, if all you give people is just, well, trust the Lord, brother, trust the Lord, tr trust the Lord, well, that's good too, but if you're not somebody that I can count on, then there's not a witness there that invites me to want the God you're trusting. Because I think you're crazy. And so these are two rails that help us to give faith to other people. If I'm constantly referring to trusting God for things, and I'm a person that people can count on, then all of a sudden I've created a, a, a bridge to connect my faith to other people, which leads us to number two. Number one was be faithful. If we add the discipline of reliability and people can count on you, then they might just begin to count on your God. Number two is share your faith journey. I am so happy that that story is in one of the most popular magazines sold in the country because hundreds of thousands of people are going to come into contact with the faith journey of the Shazier family. And he even addresses that some people are even kind of skeptical towards him. Well, he's been healed, so of course you are, are sharing your story. He said, no, I had to get to the place where I was going to trust God no matter what the result was. He said, I came to my all-in moment before he moved. And it's, it's so big because God gives us a story for other people to read. Now, sometimes we need to go back and look at some of the previous chapters and read them ourselves. And, and Revel, the book of Revelation talks that. It says, how do we overcome the enemy? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So we cannot defeat the enemy without the blood of Jesus. Absolutely, nobody can save themselves. But how can I basically come through a dark spot is because I will look back at the 50 gazillion times God has rescued me before. So sometimes I have to go back and read my own story. 
And in my case, because Danielle is my hard drive, I have to go ask her what the story was and remind me of the details. Because I just, it's just, married, three kids, yeah, church, we're good. Like, it's, it's one little, like, I've got like a golden, like, you know the little kid book? Like, you can shrink all of the Star Wars movies. Star Wars reference. You can, you can throw them all down into like a 10-page kid's book. That's, that's how my memory works. And then Danielle, she's got, you know, and uh, go back. But even more importantly, your story is being written so that other people can read it. And so we are supposed to share what God is doing. And even when we're looking at somebody in a hospital bed and we don't know what's going to happen, that is actually the best time to invite other people on your journey because they need to see you be vulnerable with the God of heaven and, and, and get to a place where we don't know what's going to happen, but our family is trusting God for the result. And when you open that door, when you share those pages of your life with other people, yes, it's hard when things don't come out the way you want them to. I've, I've prayed for a a thousand things that haven't come out the way that I've wanted to. Thousands, maybe. I don't know. But that's what the world actually needs is, is, is a place where, where I don't have to have the answers. I can rest assured that God is in control no matter what the results are that are immediately in front of me, and the world is hungry for that kind of faith. I'm always amused on Thanksgiving because I watched the parade like, big kids should and you just love going from all the different people and it's they they all want to be thankful and grateful who are you thanking now i think you can go through and and it's much nicer to deal with people that are generally grateful people even if they don't love the lord yet these are nicer people to deal with because they're they're not just out for themselves and they appreciate things other people do but if you're just going to generally give thanks, where am, I, where am I mailing the letter here? By the way, mail, like, millennials mailing the letters, like you write something down and you fold it and you put it in an envelope by this thing called a stamp. Okay. Um, where am I mailing it to? We got all these grateful people. How about give thanks to the Creator who set this crazy world in motion and decided to love you enough to give His Son for you so that you could walk in freedom, walk in forgiveness, walk in grace, walk in love. And yes, be thankful for the food that's on the table. Yes, Lord. And be thankful for the 25 people that are the crazy people you call your relatives around the tables. Oh, we had so much fun. We did. My sister and brother, they, they have a volume competition every year. And I think my brother won this year. It, it was amazing. And uh, who can be the loudest? And uh, it, it's awesome. And the dog barks every time that comes to the door. But it's like, it's another person, God, that you have given to me in my life. I am grateful to you. We need to share our faith journey because it's a story that other people need to read. Number one was to be faithful. Number two is to share our faith journey. Number three, let others lean on your faith. 
What do I mean by that? You, we can get into trouble here because we're not supposed to be the Savior. Uh, a lot of pastors can get themselves into trouble because they can be the guy, the, the man of God that people need to, you know, to, to get to heaven. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just teaching you how to have a better walk with Jesus. You don't need me. I'm just trying to help you, okay? But what I can do is let other people lean on my faith. What does this look like? This looks like somebody coming to you at work because they know that you're a little weird, but they've got something going on in their life that they're not sure what to do with, and so they, they say something like this. Would you mind... Um, <clears throat> make sure nobody else is listening. Would you mind uh, praying... You know, I know you're like, you know, one of those do-gooders. And, and uh, would you mind throwing up a, you know, little, little prayer for me, you know? And they don't really know, like, and it might be awkward. But what are they doing? They're leaning on your faith. And so this is another way we, we another place and way that we can share our faith with other people is by letting people lean on ours. And this is honestly how a lot of people come to faith is because they see it in people that they trust and, and they will continuously come up to you. And this is par partially because you have been a faithful person. You have shared your faith journey with them. You have said things like, we're believing for God to heal my grandmother. You know, these are things that you don't just, I mean, you don't need to wear like a different t-shirt every day that, that says these things and, and, and be obnoxious about it. But if this is part of, of your story, if this is part of who you are, is giving God credit for things, and that you are trusting God for different things, that trickles out to the people around you. And then they will begin to lean on your faith. This is part of why um, we, we join up with other people's faith. There's a reason why we have prayer cards in all of the pews in front of you and, and back by the offering. We want to agree with you with the things that are on your heart. And so if there's something going on in your life, somebody that you care about, add our faith to yours. We want to pray together about things. Every prayer request hits the whole staff, and we pray over these things, and we take that seriously. And so, so many times a Sunday morning, it, you need to find somebody and lean on their faith. But as you're moving through this life, especially a busy season like now, people are open to it. Let other people lean on your faith. One, be faithful. Two is to share your faith journey. Three is to let others lean on your faith. Four is to invite them to believe. Pretty critical, actually. There has to be a moment. There has to be a moment where faith transfers from one to the other person. And an example would be like this. I, I've uh, bought cars for the first two teenagers. Lily wrecked the first one, and we got her another one. But these, these were still my cars. Hello. Now, mostly you get them a piece of junk because you don't want them driving your nice car. But And it helps because they can take the young things to their activities and it's helpful so it's a benefit so it's her car but whose name is on the title who's writing the check for the bills hey, hello 
We do, like, we do make them pay their portion of the insurance. Thank you. But if I never transfer the title to my kids, then it would just forever be my car. And as parents, as, a, as adults, as Christians that are walking this thing called faith out, if we don't transfer the title of our faith to the other people in our life that God has placed around us, then all they will be doing is living off of our faith. And I just use it as a, like a way to give it away. We should share it and let people lean on our faith. But we have to provide opportunities and help invite people in the moment to say, is this your faith? And believe me, the Holy Spirit is working towards that end with our children, with the people you work with, inside of ourselves to grow our own faith. So he's doing his job, but we have to do our part. And God allows us to be a part of this faith transfer. And why is the church still here 2,000 years later? Because it got transferred. And so one of our greatest things that we can do while we walk the face of this planet is to give the gift of faith because everyone deserves to have a moment. And sometimes it might come at the bottom of the steepest mountain you've ever faced. Sometimes it just might come on a whim and you just you showed up at church with, with a friend this morning or something like that. And all of a the sudden, there it is before you is this your faith? And being in ministry and just sharing my faith as a believer, there is nothing more precious than watching somebody claim it for themselves. Oh my goodness. That is it. That's what we do this for. That's why we say we welcome people home to God. That is the moment we're talking about is when they make the decision to have faith on their own in this God that they're still figuring out. Do you have all the answers? No. But that act of faith is, I'm not sure, but I'm in. Right? So how do we give our faith away? I believe we need to be people of faith. I believe it needs to be in our, in our, in our language. I believe that we need, it needs to be in our actions. I believe that we need to share our journey with others. I believe that we need to let others lean on our faith. Yes, I will pray with you for that. And if you say you're going to, write it down. Make sure you do. Because if you ask a few weeks later how that turned out, you've added that reliability factor to the just being full of faith factor. Do you see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, both those rails are there, and that person's like, this person is, this person believes. There has to be a moment. It says in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 1, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Those two little words in there, he did. They mean everything in this section of verses. Because God has a plan for your life. 
God is going to give you instruction on what to do, what to change, what to step forward in. All of that is well and good. And it sounds pretty on a picture or in a, or in a, or in a, or in a poem or whatever else. It sounds good, and we'll sing about it. But if those two little words aren't there, then what's the point? It says that he did what the Lord commanded. Our actions ultimately define our faith. Because what you do is telling of what you really believe. If you believe that our next generation matters, then Pastor Laura should have trouble filling out her calendar with helpers down in kids' ministry. Ouch. If you believe that God has a plan for you, then you'll say yes to what he wants you to do. If you believe that he cares about your finances, then you will really trust him with your finances. you see where this is going? Like, these are the things that we have to... Joseph had to do the doing. He got up and he agreed to still marry Mary. I didn't mean for it to come out that way, but that's cute. He did it. What we do tells the world what we really believe. And believe me, I get in trouble with this because I'm, I'm all too quick to Okay, I was man sick two weeks ago. I don't ever get sick, and when I do, death. Like, leave me alone, let me die, you know, uh, just, just, you know, take care of things. And I really, like, I, I go full-on baby, like, it's bad. I, I, I crash hard. I can forget to pray when I'm sick. I can forget to pray for my kids when they're sick. My little sweet baby grandson is over in California still getting over RSV. I can't hold him. I can't kiss him. I can just watch him be this fussy, crazy mess on FaceTime with his mom. And he's miserable. And I know he's sick. And I'm... Well, sure, I'm going to be anxious. Sure, I'm going to worry about him and check on him. I need to pray for him. And so there's a lesson here for each of us. Do I really believe that God wants to heal and, and cares that my grandson is sick? Absolutely. Did I pray? I, I had to remind myself. This is a challenge for us because we, we want to live our faith up here, and yet faith is ultimately going to, it's got to, it's got to happen in here and come out through our actions. And Joseph did what the Lord asked him to do. Faith is why Joseph was okay with the plan. He had heard the stories growing up. The script was already there. They didn't know how it was going to look, but they knew that a Messiah was coming. They knew what family it was going to come from. Could you imagine being in the family of David? Like, at some point, am I the one? Am you the one? You're like, I, he, he's coming. And then to have this vision, to have this connection with this angel, to be told that these things are happening and, and it's going to involve your immediate 
your, your, your wife, your family, this is going to be a journey that you go on. And he says, yes. Who wants to give amazing gifts to people that make a difference? I think it's great to buy the Nintendos. I like them too. I think it's great to buy Star Wars stuff. The Mandalorian merchandise is finally coming out. I will kill somebody for a Baby Yoda Funko Pop. Yes. But I want to give things away that last. If my kids don't find their own faith in Jesus Christ, it's not going to be because I didn't try. And anything else could happen great in their life, but if they don't claim faith in Jesus, it means nothing to him and it means little to me at that point. I will love them forever, but I want that moment to happen where my faith becomes their faith. I want my faith to become my neighbor's faith. I want my, and we're told that this is a, um, a politically incorrect attitude to have today, by the way. How dare we think that our faith should become somebody else's faith? Well, can I tell you something that it's not real faith if you don't think that it's the only faith? That might have just sounded like a riddle, but it wasn't. If I really believe that it's necessary for me, then I also need to believe that it's necessary for the people that I care about and the people that I talk to and the people that I live next to and the people that I work with. It has to matter to me because otherwise it's not really faith. And that's why those two little words make all the difference. He did. Let's give the gift of faith this Christmas season. Let's be faithful. Let's share our faith journey. Let's let others lean on our faith. And friends, God will give you the words to say, but at some point, can we invite them to believe? Let's pray this morning. With heads bowed this morning, the worship team is going to begin playing. I love Christmas, if you can't tell. I just think it's a, it is my favorite time of year. I love the openness to faith. I love that it's sung about on the radio on every station. But the world is looking for gifts that matter. And friends, if you have Jesus, then you can give that gift away. If you're ready to give the gift of faith away, and you might be a new believer, you might be at a place where you could even be struggling in your faith right now. You could be a long-time believer. You could be um, just, who knows? God wants your story to get out. And even as you wrestle with things, that means the world to other people because they are wrestling with things. If you're willing to give away the gift of faith this Christmas season, would you raise your hand with me this morning? Father God, I thank you for the 
faith that is moving through this room. The faith that says we love you, Lord. And we believe in what you've done for us. And God, we believe in it that there's a world that you still are in love with. Regardless of what's on the news, God. Regardless of, of what's happening. You're still in love with us, God. You're in love with our co-workers. You're in love with our neighbors, God. You're in love with our family members. Even the Cousin Eddies of the world, God. You are in love with them. And God, you are asking your people, you have trusted us with this faith and you are asking us to give it away. Would you help us be a people full of faith? Would our witness be faithful, God? Would we be people that we could be, that could be counted on? God, would we find moments, Holy Spirit ordained moments where we would share our faith journey? God, would you send the people to us to lean on our faith? And God, would you set aside those sacred, sacred moments where we would invite others to faith? Help us to give away these gifts that mean the world this Christmas season. If you've never crossed the line of faith personally or you've been away from God for a long time, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus. You're ready to make the faith you've leaned on in others. You're ready to make it your own this morning. Is that you this morning? Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. You've leaned on somebody else's. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? You've leaned on others this morning. You've, you've wrestled with it. You've chased it. You've been away. And you're ready to make a decision to make it yours. God bless you. He sees those hands. He sees your hearts. And he says, I'm yours and you're mine. A simple prayer to come to Jesus is this. says, God, I thank you for your great love for me. God, I thank you for being faithful to me. God, I thank you that you are willing and ready to forgive me of every wrong thing that I've ever done and thought. God, I thank you that you have a plan for my life. And God, I am putting my faith in you in this moment. At that moment, the, the Bible refers to you as an adopted son or daughter. He, it refers to you as being a child of the living God. There's no waiting period. There's no, uh, there's no um, trial period. It, it's, it's you and him immediately as soon as you place your faith in him. Father God, we thank you for those that have made a decision this morning. God, that are choosing their own faith in you. God, I thank you that you would call us to be a part of your story. God, I thank you that we can give away something so precious as faith. We love you, Jesus. Did you have something to share, April? We believe God still speaks, and I uh, believe that April has a word from the Lord for us this morning. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I hear that name going through my mind. Adam said it this morning, and I even think the worship team is going to sing that name. We might think of a baby when we hear that, or a Christmas song, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And God says, I am with you. The name, Emmanuel, I am with you. God with 
us. The baby grew up. Jesus walked. He died on the cross and he rose again. The Christmas story is just the beginning of the resurrection of that God with us. And before he ascended, he said, I am with you always. Pastor Adam said to lean on others' faith. Jesus always said, lean on me. It's okay. You're drawing your strength from him, Emmanuel, the God who is with you because he is alive. Lean on him this morning. Hear what our pastor has said. It was a challenge, but it was a good one, and you will not be without help. He sees you. He knows you, and he is Emmanuel. He lives in you, and he is with you always.